It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Todd Surprise running the show for us as he does each and every week. He does a great job. Excellent producer. Can't thank him enough for what he does for us personally. My partner, Kirk Elliott, we've been the racing boys for how long now, Kirk? 23 years. 23 years. Are we going to make it to 25? Are we going to have the silver anniversary year? Sure. Why not? As long as you and I are still alive. Yeah. As long as we're still alive. (laughs) You know, when you get to be our age, you just never know. You never know what's going to happen, right? So, you know, I'm just, uh, it's all gravy trained from here on out, Scott, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm just living the life, you know. Well, that's that's just just part of living. You know, when you you hit 60, you start thinking about when you're going to die. You do? You don't ever think about that? You never think about when you're going to die, Kurt? Oh, yeah. I think about that, but I'm not sure it came at the age of 60 for me. 60 for me was uh, the roughest birthday I've ever had, to be honest. Why? Because of the number six, six zero, Something about that milestone that just turned you sideways? What What is it about 60 Well, made you feel that way? Kirk, my mom died when she was 71. My dad died when he was 80. How old were your parents when they passed? Uh, my dad at the age of 70, mom at 73. 73. Yeah. So maybe I'll think of that when I get that age. I, I don't know. I, You know, I'm just happy to be here. That's, that's my attitude. And, you know, life... Today, for me, at the age of 67, is as good as it's ever been. Right. Marie says, not at 60. (laughs) Not at 60. I think it's just different for different folks, Listen, I I can't thank Marie enough for being one of the most loyal listeners that we have. Yeah. And and she says that she's recouping from the Grove. So, Marie, you were at Williams Grove Speedway on Saturday. She was. Good for you. Yeah. Brent Marks had a great night. I can't wait to get out back out to PA. I just can't wait to get out there. I'll tell you what, they got the greatest race fans in in all of America, especially sprint car race fans. They are definitely, a loyal bunch out there. Definitely they are a very loyal group of people. And knowledgeable too. They're as knowledgeable as sprint car fans as anywhere in the country. Uh, hey, Marie says, Hey, I'm seventy two and don't feel it. Yeah. How how about you, Kirk? You're 67. Do you, uh, you you don't worry about it at all? No. You carry around that big old belly on you. Nah, it's all it's all good from here. Do on you out. walk a little bit? Have yeah. you been walking since you you injured your foot? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That had stopped me from doing that. Yeah, just got a little brace on it. Yeah. No, you know, I just I get up every morning and look out the window. And I thank God we've made it another day. Right. But you know what's great is racing right now is as good, if not better, than it's ever been. I've been a race fan 
since the 60s. I was probably 10 years old when I went to a first race. My first race I went to was in 1966. That's about when I first went. Mm -hmm. So I've been going to races a long time. I announced races for 30 years from 1971 through 2000. I've been going to races pretty consistently every year for at least 55 years. Yep. And today, I've not been more entertained <laughs> than I am right now. What's going on? This racing that we're seeing, and I've said this for the last couple of three years, the quality of dirt track racing that we're watching right now is as good as it's ever been. Nina, Nina Jeniton, she says, age is just a number. Yep. I am 78 and work every day. Go to every race I can drive myself. You know, that's the key. And Nina's touched <clears throat> on that. Listen. Working every day. You got, even if you retire, you still got to get I, up and do something every day. I, you know, I'm trying to get myself in better shape. I don't know if you know this, Kirk, or not. Yeah, but, you are. But I've lost 34 pounds. I, I, I started I out at. I could do that. I, I started out at 268 and. Today, I weighed 234. Good for you. How about that? Maybe I you take the shot every day. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe you need to do that. It, it, is that prescribed by a doctor? Yeah. How do you? Yeah. Okay. It is. I'll talk to my doctor about it. it I, I just it, feel it, uneasy it, uh, about giving myself a shot every day. I don't know if it, I want to do it, that. Kurt, the needle is only about that long. And wow. it, it barely, you barely even feel it. So when you wake up every day, you give yourself a shot. I do. I give my shot, or or Deidre gives it to me. But just don't do that on your own. Make sure you got a doctor. I I, I, I don't mind giving it to myself. I, yeah. I can do it. It, it. it doesn't bother me but at all. But this is a program your doctor set up for you. Yep. Good. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a look at it. You, you should. Yeah. Because it, it, it really works, man. I, I, I'm telling you, it really works. So what do you think of the BC-39 the other night? Well, I, I, I really want to start out with talking about what's going on out at the Grove, if you want to know the truth. Okay. Yeah. We'll get to the BC-39. Trust me we'll, on that. We'll get that to, is something we got to talk about. Well, yeah, for sure. But um, how about Brent Marks picking up the Open? How about that? His second National Open victory. Yeah. He won it first in 2019, and now he's a two-time winner of the National Open. And it, ha it just is very important that you start up front at Williams Grove Speedway, and he got a great starting spot up there. But it was not easy as he had to fend off Darren Pittman driving the Don Kreitz 69 car, Were which, you by the way, won that race oh, oh, a year ago oh, oh, with Lance DeWeese behind the wheel. Hold on. Were you surprised by that a little bit, but Darren Pittman running second? He, no, he, because he, that's a great car. But listen, he, he hadn't driven a lot this year. No. Right? And and you would think, because at, at, at the start of that race, there was a really long run right there. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. Remember? I think it was until, I can't remember what lap it was, but it, it seemed like it was about lap 17, 18 before the first caution come out. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. 
Now, Darren Pittman's been around Williams Grove Speedway before, but he just he hasn't run a lot here in recent years. He's a former champion of the World of Outlaws, by the way. He has won Crown Jewel events before. He won the King's Royal one year. He won the historical big one one year. So yep. he has won Crown Jewel races. But I think probably what cost Darren Pittman more than anything of bringing that thing home is he just doesn't run a lot of races anymore. Right. Yeah. He's still got a lot of talent. And then when you're battling a guy like Brent Marks, who knows his way around. And Rico Abreu. Right. And Rico. But Brent Marks knows his way around Williams Grove Speedway about as well as anybody. We always think of Lance DeWeese as the guy that is the best at Williams Grove Speedway. Right. And he had trouble in the 39 uh, Macri-owned car. He got spun around once, so he didn't have a good night out there. But that 69 cars had a history of doing well. Anthony Macri finished 23rd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Don Kreitz and 69 cars had a history of doing very well. Lance DeWeese DeWeese finished in the 39 M car 25th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had trouble. Yeah. Uh, So Lance DeWeese, former driver of that 69 car, Darren Pittman behind the wheel. Uh, I thought he was going to get it done there for a while. Once he had lost, once Brent Marks lost the lead, he started ahead of, Darren Pittman in that race. Uh, once Darren Pittman got out in front, I wasn't sure Brent Marks was going to be able to get back by him, but he made a good run down on the inside, down on turn one, and he was working the high side coming out of three and four pretty well. That's a very technical track. I I like the word technical because you got you got to really be on the marks at Williams Grove Speedway, and that no pun intended, Brent Marks was on the mark on Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, he picks up his second open. How about that? Yeah, 2019 was his first one, not not that many years ago. And of course, look at the crown jewel races that Brent Marks has won now. Last year, he won uh, both the uh, historical big one and the King's Royal on the same weekend. And now he adds his second national open to his resume so he's got multiple crown jewel victories now and not a full-time world of outlaws driver he kind of picks and chooses where he goes racing and they uh he's i think he's been just a little bit off for the most part this year than where he was a year ago but he couldn't pick a better time to uh, get things working well than saturday night that's best he's run all year no doubt yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so, Kirk, let's let's talk about Courtney picks up the win there with the World of Outlaws at Williams Grove, right? Uh, no, 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 Brad, no. Brad, Brad Sweet. Sweet. Brad Sweet. Brad Sweet pick. won the – and that race was after the National Open right. feature. They, they ran it. About a half hour after. They right. was rained out on Friday night. I, I, I misspoke. I said Brad Sweet, yeah. and, and I knew it was Brad Sweet. But Carson Macedo was running him down right there at the end, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Brad Sweet's going to win this championship. There's just a handful of races left to go. You've got the uh, Nittany Showdown this weekend at Port Royal. They're coming to 81 and Lakeside the week after that. Right. And it's the World Finals. Uh, Brad Sweet's going to win this championship. 
Well, let me just say this. They had to change a motor in in the Carson Macedo car yeah. right before the feature. Did you hear that? I did hear that. Yeah. He started fourth in that main event, and he, he ran well. Finished ahead of David Gravel. Those two guys were trying to chase down Brad Sweet for the championship. Brad Sweet has been as good as anybody at Williams Grove here lately. He's got three wins. Yeah, and it's a track where he's right. had trouble in the past. He's he, not he only won his first ever race last at year, Grove, wasn't it? Like last year. Yeah. Yeah. And then he won earlier this year. So he did he has won uh two races at Williams Grove this year, but he didn't win the big one. He didn't win the seventy five thousand dollar to win race, but he still got a couple of wins out of there. If you remember a year ago, he had trouble at Williams Grove Speedway at the National Open, and there were, he was going into the World Finals with, uh, you know, not certain if he had it all locked up at that point, as he had a DNF at Williams Grove last year, which is very rare for Brad Sweet, but this year he looks to be in much better position to wrap up his fifth championship after picking off that... Uh, Makeup from Friday night's rainout, uh, Brad Sweet, the winner over Carson Macedo, David Gravel, Tyler Courtney, and Brent Marks, who had just won the National Open, finished fifth on Saturday night. Big crowd at Williams Grove Speedway, as you'd expect. Giant crowd. That, um, in fact, Tammy just said, uh, what a crowd on Saturday. The place was packed. That's what Tammy said. Yeah. Man, we appreciate Tammy as well, just so you know. So now they stay out in Pennsylvania. Thursday night is the makeup for the Tuscarora 50, $60,000 to win. That's an all-star event, not a points-paying event, as the all-stars have already wrapped up their points, but this is a makeup from when the Tuscarora 50 was rained out earlier in the month. So they'll run that on Thursday night, and then Friday, Saturday night, the Nittany Showdown for the World of Outlaws, and that's going to be always exciting to watch the sprint cars at Port Royal Speedway this weekend. I can't weekend. wait, man. That's going to be a great weekend of, of great action there. Um, so right now, I think David, I, I think Brad Sweet's got this thing wrapped up. Oh, yeah. He's got a 90-point lead right now over David Gravel, and he's got a 130-point lead over Carson Macedo. Yeah, if he just maintains everything solid for the next four races, he can go into the World Finals at Charlotte and not really have to worry about too much of anything. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, after Port Royal, as we told you about, they're coming our direction. 81 Speedway on Friday night, October 13th. Saturday night, Lakeside Speedway, October 14th. What night are they at Lakeside? Saturday night, October 14th. You and I are going to be out there for that. Yep. So that'll be fun to watch. And then after that, uh, they'll get ready for the uh, for the World Finals on uh, November. It's They've added a day to the World Finals this year. Uh, it's going to be November 1st through the 4th at the uh, Dirt Track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yep. Let's talk about the PC-39, Kirk. Let's do. That was exciting. Uh, and that may be uh, uh, under, uh, uh, that may be uh, under uh, under describing what that was. We call it exciting. I think it was more than that. 
team has got into the wall. And uh, Justin Grant picks up the win at the BC 39. And Justin Grant has known Brian Clawson since they were little kids. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. So that was uh, that was a pretty special moment for Justin Grant to pull that off. He had not won a midget race all year until the preliminary on Friday night. That was his first, first win. win of the whole season. Yeah. And then he backs it up with the uh, with the big prize, twenty thousand dollars to win on Saturday night. RMS Racing had a great week. Timez won Thursday night's feature event, and he started behind Justin Grant in the A main. Or no, I, I take that back. Justin Grant started behind Timez. This Timez was outside front row. And Justin Grant started outside second row. Did you think Timez was going to win it? Yeah, I did for a while. He looked like he was in great shape till he climbed the wall coming out of turn number four. He, he won the prelim and night, too. I thought it was miraculous that Timez kept that going after, after he, he climbed hit the wall because he, yeah. he had that car way up on the wall. And how he didn't flip that car coming off that wall I don't know but he kept it going and still managed to come out of there with a fifth place finish out of that but Timez able and they swapped these two guys swapped the lead on numerous occasions during that race and at one moment Justin Grant slipped just a little bit off the turn and had to back off and Timez took advantage of that and once he got out in front I thought uh, he was not going to be denied, and I, I'm going to. I'm I'm here to say that I think if he hadn't got up into the wall, and I looked, I rolled that back to look to see if Grant even came close to touching Timez in that moment. No, they didn't touch. Timez just got up, got up into the loose stuff, up onto the wall, and that was that for the him. But that one point in the race when Justin Grant got loose, he had to back off the throttle. Timez took advantage. I thought at that moment uh, that Messerol was going to get it done. The track was really tricky. Yeah, it was really sketchy a little bit because they had to they had to ride the top, and that cushion was just so gnarly up there. Yeah, mm -hmm. and some drivers did better than others uh, pulling that off. And you got to say that Justin Grant did the, and all of them had issues with that. But Grant just happened to do the best with that gnarly curb up on the high side. And he wasn't afraid to uh, knock anybody out of the way on his way to victory, did he? I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Just, <laughs> Justin Grant, I think he hit every car on the racetrack. And he was okay with that, right? He, he wanted to win so bad. <laughs> that he fed a wheel just about to everybody that he passed. Did you see that, Kurt? Yeah. And it, it, he's a veteran. We we, ha, we both agree that Justin Grant is one of the veterans, uh, right? Let, let me just say this. If you're not willing to feed a right rear, then you're not going to make it in sprint car racing. Because everybody in, in midget, non-wing sprint cars, Wing sprint cars, you got to show them that right rear every once in a while, right? Well, I think you're right. But I, I found it ironic 
that some of the, and I, this is the reason why I bring up Justin Grant as a veteran, but he wasn't complaining. He didn't say a word, but other veterans were complaining about the young kids banging on everybody on the way to the front. Listen, the young kids, it it all stems from go-kart racing. Go-kart racing, today's world in go-kart racing is an atmosphere to where people take each other out. And they, they carry that forward when they get into junior sprints or when they get into micros. And next thing you know, everybody's feeding everybody right rears. Because with the, some of these young kids, there are no consequences for doing what they're doing. In the older days, when a lot of these you, racers, and I call them racers, had uh, actually work on the cars and Kurt, fix the damage Kurt, that they may cause. Kurt, back in the old days... You would get beat up if if you if you fed somebody a right rear t- tire. Yeah, now, I'm not saying that it hasn't been going on uh, uh, for a long time in sprint car racing because it does, because it, it's just a different form. You you've got to show the right rear once in a while. You know what I mean? And I, I'm just saying that these kids t- in today's world, they come up and they have a lot of money, right? They don't really give a shit about um, tearing up a car because daddy can buy another one, right? Yeah, they don't have to work on them, right. a lot of them. Uh, two of the biggest outspoken veterans of the weekend would have to be Zach Dom and Logan Seavey. Logan Seavey on Friday night was not a bit happy about the move that Dazen Persley pulled on him and... Uh, got down into him and threw a bomb on him and knocked him out of the way. And Zach Dom happened to be a beneficiary of that, and he saw what went on, and he was outspoken of what he saw. But on the other side of it, you had Justin Grant, who's not complaining at all. No. But he's out there doing it. You know, for the race but, fans, but, but it was great. You know why he, he, he does that? Because he's a veteran. Yeah. Right? He knows how to do it, and he knows how to do it right. And he walked out of there with the big trophy and the big check. He did. 20000 Was it twenty grand? Twenty grand. Hmm. So, his first BC39 victory... And uh, that uh, goes along with the Turkey Night Grand Prix win that he had last November. Now he's, he wants that Chili Bowl. That's, that's the next big one that he's after. Logan Seavey has already got the Chili Bowl crowd. And so, uh, you know, I just found it interesting to hear Zach Dom and Logan Seavey talk about, uh, you know, what the, these young kids got lessons to learn. Right. You've got Justin Grant out there teaching them all a lesson when it was all said and done. All right, it's time to take a break, Kirk. Let's do that. And when we come back with Mostly Motorsports, again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're done for the year, right? Uh, Yes. Right? Their last race was last weekend at I-35 Speedway. Right. Right. All right, so they're done for the year, and uh, we'd love to tell you more about the – 
Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. It's a great, great organization to find out if you really want to race. It's it's not very expensive, and I'm telling you, folks, if you want to run, they run 1,000 motors now instead of 1,200s. They run 1,000s because the 1,000s run better than the 1,200s for what I gather right now. So anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Kirk, you've got a little bit of a live read to do for the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, don't you? Yeah, and you know, we want to make everybody aware that uh, you can uh, help the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum by getting registered in a couple of uh, sweepstakes that are going on right now. Uh, the Sprint Car sweep, Sweepstakes is going on with Triple X Chassis with the new Al Parker Racing Engines 410 cubic inch racing engine that will be given away on in 2024. Not this December, but December of 2024. And to get signed up for that, go to whenasprintcar.com. And next year... Another Corvette's going to be given away. This time it's a torch red Z06 Corvette convertible with a Z07 performance package and $25,000 cash to the grand prize winner. will be drawing for that in August, a week after the Knoxville Nationals in 2024. And you can get signed up for that to go to winaz06corvette.com and get registered for the uh, new Corvette to be given away. And this one's going to be what I do best one of all what I, in 2024. What I do know is you need to buy more than 550 tickets because that's how many we bought last year. Yeah. And if, if, you, go, if you go on there to win a uh, Z06Corvette.com, you can enter in full 20 and get 20% more tickets. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, we, we did that. that last year, yeah. didn't we? 
So yeah, got those two uh, two things going on, and uh, don't forget the uh, Hall of Fame and Museum is open year round. They're closed just on selected holidays. Did they close the down the Williams Grove display up there? Is it is art already wrapped up? Do you know? Yeah, I, I well Williams Grove weekend is over now. I, I'm not sure if. Uh, Bill and those guys are going to head over to Port Royal Speedway. I haven't talked to him about that. Right. But, uh, still, Pennsylvania is not over with Port Royal going on this weekend. Man, I can't, I can't wait for Port Royal this weekend. Just a reminder, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame Museum is open year-round. they got the gift shop open, and that's probably where you can find the Sammy Swindell book, right? Right. So we'll be talking more about that. Coming up here in the next uh, few weeks, we've been trying to get a hold of Sammy, see if he'd come on the show. We're still we we, to we do tried that. to get a hold of Sammy today, and unfortunately, we weren't able to get a hold of him. But this is his new book, and let me tell you something: this is a book about the life of Sammy Swindell, and there are so many great pictures in this book. It, it's unbelievable how many great pictures are in this book. It, it, it's, it's a coffee table book. It's a coffee table book. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a Sammy Swindell fan, this is a must get. I am a Sammy Swindell fan. I am too. Sammy Swindell, one of the all-time greats of sprint car racing. He's won the National Open a couple of times. Yeah. And he's won the Short Track Nationals more times than anyone else. Five times. Is it five times? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you'll see him, and he's racing this weekend at Texarkana 67 Speedway. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, let's get to uh, our next guest right here on the phone. Chase Rodman joins us now. Chase, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. <clears throat> hey, listen, sorry that we had to do the live read while you were on the phone. Oh, uh, No problem. I just will say you guys bought 550 <clears throat> tickets or whatever. I think... Uh, it doesn't take an expert to know. It only takes one to win. That's well, I that's think. true. Yeah. That is true. We we bought 550, and we did not win. You look pretty sporty in that Corvette there, Chase. Yeah, I don't – is it a convertible? My head might be yeah. sticking over the windshield, but no. – <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, so let's talk about um, Brad Sweet picking up the victory um, over Carson Macedo. Um, what what'd you that, think? That wasn't the big race, though. I, I know it's not. We're, we're going to work our way to it. Okay. All right. That because, was Because Saturday race. night got rained out, right? Friday night got rained out. Friday night got rained out. So it, what do you think? Do you think it's all over right now, um, Chase? Do you think that David Gravel's got a big enough lead that he's going to win this no, championship? Sweet's got a big enough lead. Uh, Brad Sweet's got a big enough lead. Yeah, I think it's pretty much uh, over at this point. Uh, you know, last year at this race or this race weekend uh, was when Brad uh, broke a rear end in half, and that's what really brought David back into the into the fold uh, for the last couple races of the year. But that did not happen this time. And now Brad, uh, you know, he beat David both both races this weekend. So uh, I'm not sure what the gap is now. Probably over 90 or close to it, back to second. So 90 uh, points. Yeah, 90 points. I got a feeling it's probably about over. But uh, the race fan in me, the uh, person in me that wants to see a, a good championship battle come down to the end hopes it's not. But the, also the guy that has been watching these guys for the last three years in a row is thinking that it's pretty much over. 
Right. I asked you this maybe last week, but how many points can a guy make up in one night? Do you know? Yeah. Um, so it's I can't remember the amount it is to to uh, to win, like the number of points. But I do know that from first to second in points, it gets four points back, and then every spot after that is two. So you go back to twenty fourth place. Twenty fourth times two is forty eight plus two plus four more. Uh, or something like that, whether it be about 60-ish points maybe. Right. Um, I think so somewhere around the 50, between 50 and 60. So David would, if David could win one and Brad finish dead last, then we could be talking a little bit, but I just don't see that happening. So uh, between first and second place, there's 20 points. Is that correct? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Uh, Between first and second place, there's 20 points right there. Is that correct? No, between first and second in a race, it's only a four-point difference. Four points. And then from from second to third, third to fourth, it's two points per spot between there. I got you. All right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty hard to make those numbers up if you're uh, David Gravel, Carson Macedo, to try to knock into that. I mean, it, the problem is they're just running out of races. They are. They are running out of races, and the, and the races that they're running, uh, they're not beating Brad. Um, and that's tough to win a championship uh, when you're losing to the guy that's in the lead uh, every race. Right. So, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I feel like we'd be talking about this weekend. Williams Grove is a great opportunity for David to close in on Brad. You know, but this was four or five years ago. But, you know, the last two years, Brad's got it figured out. He's won – Three races now in the last two years probably should have been four. He, right. he uh, hit the wall earlier this year, uh, and Logan passed him on the last lap earlier. So uh, Brad's got it all figured out now, man. I feel like Pennsylvania was his was the worst part of his season, and and now he's uh, conquered that. So tough to beat him right now. Uh, so let, let let's talk about the track itself. You know. You run down the front straightaway, and you go into turn one and two, and that's a very tight radius down there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people seem to compare it to, uh, you know, Martinsville, I guess, uh, on the NASCAR side of things, uh, just super long straightaways, tight corners. And, uh, you know, one and two there is much wider uh, as far as, like, the surface of the racetrack, uh, much wider than three and four. Um, but, uh, you know, so that makes it kind of interesting. You got most of the time, it doesn't really get up on two, like it does in three and four. Uh, and that was the case this weekend, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad that, you know, the races ended up getting rained out on Friday because I think the race Friday would have been really a snoozer. I'm not gonna lie to you guys that uh, all night, you know, we were at track record speeds and qualifying and it never really slowed down. Um, due to overcast conditions, it was misty all day on and off mist. And there was just not going to be much passing in the feature. So it was probably a blessing in disguise that we did get uh, that rain out because Saturday night the racetrack was actually pretty good for both features. Yeah. So uh, Brent Marks wins the Open. Were you a little surprised by Darren Pittman driving the 69K car that he that he ran that well? He started sixth. He ended up running second. Um, but he, 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 he doesn't drive a lot anymore. I thought that he did a hell of a job. What do you think? I thought it was a huge surprise. I mean, I think this is that was his fourth or fifth race 
all year long um, and only a second time in that car. So it was a huge surprise and also a huge disappointment for him. And I feel like a disappointment for the fans as well that want to see him win that race. And I talked on the broadcast, you know, he's got 86 or 89 World of Outlaws wins. He was on the tour for 21 years. And I think if he would have won that race on Saturday, it would have been the biggest win of his career. Um, that's a race he's been – he wants to win that race more than any other race in, in the entire world of sprint car racing. Um, and he comes up second for the sixth time in the fifth different time in a different car. So six times he's finished second. He's done it in, for five different car owners. So yeah. it was really – I mean, I'm sure it, it was a tough one for him to – tough one to, for him to swallow, you know. I mean, he had been – so close again, especially kind of in his, you know, the the dog days, the last couple years of his career, really. You know, he's only running a couple times a season, and uh, there's not many times where you can put yourself in position to win the National Open, and he had done it right there. He was leading and just couldn't quite hold off Brent. Yep, no doubt. Um, were, were you a little surprised by the performance of Anthony Macri? Um, Yeah, I mean, the performance obviously wasn't good. Um and he hasn't really been that great since going into, you know, some other cars. 71 you know, car. Bernie's yeah. car or yeah. um, or the 7, 7BC car as well. You know, he had a couple of moments. He's had a couple of moments in both cars where he's shown some speed. But, you know, this weekend at a track that every time he was in his family-owned car and the Outlaws came to town, he was in the top five and contending for wins. No doubt. Um, and one of the races he had to come out of the last chance and – Another one he just, you know, snuck in fourth or fifth in the heat race, right? So it's uh hasn't been a good run. I think he's one of those many guys that's looking forward to the season being over and uh, you know, gather himself and get everything back together in the off season and come back strong in twenty four. Hey, do you think there's any chance that him and his dad could get back together in the thirty nine M car? Um, you know, I don't know the extent of the damage or whatever that right. you know they've sustained. Um, and I don't know, I still don't know what the cause of the entire split was. Right. Um, but I, I mean, I hope so. Right. Yes. You hate to see a family like that, you know, have such bad, uh, issues that, you know, they fire their own kid from driving their race cars. Right. Yeah. Um, but the other hand of it is like, it's cool to see them also not close down that whole operation and put other people in the car. Yeah. You know, I've always liked that when, you know, a guy will retire, say if it's a kid, and and his and his family owns the car, and they shut everything down, and they sell everything. But that's not the case. They're they're putting guys in it. They're having good runs with other guys. Um, you love to see that. But um, I I would like to think we'll see them back together someday. I don't know when, uh, but hopefully hopefully it does happen. So Lance Deweese, he started thirteenth. He ran twenty um, fifth. Did did he finish the race? Lance Deweese? No, the, the National Open feature, he, um, I didn't see what happened because I was standing on top of the Outlaw trailer in the infield, and it's hard to see three and four, like the actual corner itself. And I, He got into the wall or something, and then he backed it into the fence, and then I saw him in the back. They towed it back to the trailer, and the, the tail tank was all bent in, and the rear bumper was caved into the right rear tire. So they were done, but they got it fixed uh, for that makeup race later on. I think he started sixth on that one. I don't remember where he finished at, but yeah, he did not finish the National Open one. And he used to drive that '69 car. He won this race last year in that car. And getting back to Darren Pittman, uh, it was just a fact that you know you put Brent Marks on the 
front row. He won the dash, so he started up on the pole. But yet, Pittman was still able to grab the lead in that race. Just how was he first able to do that at the start of the race? He started sixth. Yeah, he was in second by lap, like the end of lap one. He started sixth and was in second by the end of lap one. And not much longer after that, he rolled by right on the bottom. Everybody was on the top all night. You know, the, the bottom, you can kind of tell it was coming in in the in the B main. Um, and then Pittman, and we know that the 69K, that it rolls down there on the inside at Williams Grove. So yeah. uh, he went by. I can't remember who he passed. Really. It might have been Brent. It had to have been Brent. Uh, kind of slid by him and, and passed him. And later on, uh, Brent finally got going on the top again after Darren led about 15 or so laps and drove right back by him. I knew and there was also an open red in there where they were able to work on the cars. Yep. So uh, I'm guessing that, you know, Brent asked for a couple changes and they made the right ones. And I don't, I'm not saying necessarily that Darren and those guys made the wrong adjustments. It's just maybe Brent was just a little bit better, you know? Um, and it, it really did suck to see because there was a lot of people cheering on Darren. That was his 19th uh national open feature and um it's just crazy to think that after all those years on the outlaw tour being so close so many times you would never think that a guy running four or five races a year would be able to jump into a car he's only been in one other time and and be contending for the win uh but that was indeed the case saturday and man did he make it did he make it exciting the whole race was about him right i mean obviously brent won but the the story of him being right up there that was uh what made the entire race to me at least so they they had a really long run right there at the start of the race. I think it was lap 17, 18, or 19, somewhere right in there when they had the first caution. And they had to do the open red right there, right? Because they had, they had to get fuel in the car. They, you know, they wouldn't have had that open red at the race gone green to checker, right? It was only because I, yeah, of the yellows. I, I don't yeah. think they could have made it on fuel. Do you? So the plan was that they, as long as there was no caution on the feature, they were going to go the whole way, no matter what. But as soon as they got one yellow, they were going to do a fuel stop no matter what. So mm-hmm. that was the case. Uh, I don't. I think in the second feature, there wasn't a caution. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, there wasn't a caution in the second feature, but that one was only 25 laps. So it's really not out of the ordinary for us to go green to checker at, at Williams Grove, but uh, had that one yellow there. And I think there was also a red with McFadden and Shoehart in there somewhere too. So, right. uh, yeah, once they had that one yellow, it was time to get that fuel stop in there. Didn't want to take any chances of somebody running out. And it was an open red, and so they were allowed to make some adjustments on that 19 car. They and couldn't he change made his the tire. He made his pass on Pittman down on the bottom of the racetrack. Yeah, he. I think, if I remember right, he was able to run the top in one and two, and then he got a big run on him down the back stretch and then went underneath of him, if I'm not mistaken. It was, either, it was on one of the straightaways, I think, where he passed him and got just, like, to the inside. Um, but, yeah, and I remember talking to Heath Moyle, who is the car chief there for Brent, and he really didn't ask for much under the open red. He didn't say much. They didn't do much to the car. Um, so he must have felt pretty good. It's just I think the bottom was really good there at the beginning of the race, and then it slowly started to fade back a little bit. So yeah. um, we all know that when the bottom's good, the 69K is going to be down there no matter who's driving it. And I really feel like Darren and that car, they have a pretty good you know chemistry already. Uh, I'm sure we'll see him back in at the National Open next year. I feel like after this year, you really can't not have him back, right? I mean, he was good right out of the gate. Um, Darren's super good at that track already. That car is good at that track. So 
hope to see him back in it again next year. And, man, uh, it's going to be tough for him to retire, I think, uh, if he doesn't win that race eventually. Is is Davey Brown still helping out on that car? Oh, yeah, he was down there. Yeah, under the open red, I didn't really see him making too many adjustments. You know, Don Kreitz was down there kind of doing most of the work. But Davey was right there just in case they uh, needed an extra hand. You know, I I, I don't think people put enough – thought into what Carson Macedo had to do. They had to change the motor in between races, right? Yeah, that was the crazy thing about having two features back-to-back. You know, there were a lot of storylines between the two races. Uh, I actually had them all written on my hand with a piece of a pen because I didn't have a paper with me. I had to write down. There was like five different things that happened. You know, Carson and those guys had to change a motor. He blew up on the last lap. There was no yellow, so he pulled straight into the trailer. Uh, So they had from victory lane to the you know, he said they didn't have the hood back on until the second air horn blast. So they um, really got it all together in the nick of time. David Gravel, he finished the National Open race with a flat right front tire for the last three laps. Uh, the other crazy one was Logan Schuhart, uh racing in Tanner Holmes's car in his seat after flipping in the National Open race. Uh, James McFadden also flipped in that race. He didn't even start the second feature because their car was destroyed. And I can't remember what the – oh, DeWeese had to change out the tail tank and the rear bumper. So there was a lot going on between the two races. Um, And that's exactly why they changed it. There was a lot of guys mad. A lot of fans were mad. I mean, fans were mad for a different reason than than the car owners. But most of the car owners and the crew chiefs were saying, we need to run this makeup race after the National Open race because if I wreck my car in that race and then I have to go to a backup car for the National Open and all this stuff, but then the fans were saying, why run the makeup feature after the National Open race? It makes no sense, and it was just all over the board. But um, it was definitely the right move to have that makeup feature after the National Open, the one that everybody was actually there to watch and wanted to have their car in, you know, their best car in. So. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy there for a minute between the two races. Yeah, no, I, I think it worked out great. Uh, yeah, yeah. When they first did that, I I wondered now why are they doing that? You know, but a- after it was over, you say, okay, that makes sense. That crash that Logan Schuer was involved in that was pretty wicked crash. How'd that get started? I didn't quite see it. I do know that he was on the move towards the front of the field though, and it was a tough weekend uh, for Logan Schuer. He had to take a provisional for both features which is not, which is weird because the last time we were there, he won. Um, so he was way off the pace, and he was up to like 12th or 13th after taking that provisional in the National Open race, and then I did not see what happened. Obviously, him and McFadden got together, and one of them about went over the fence down there in turn one, but both their cars were destroyed. It was a tough weekend as well for McFadden, who blew up uh, not only the, the engine, but uh, the, the drive line got knocked out of it. The rear end all had to be replaced as well. Um, he had some serious problems there on the first night that required him to change the entire underbelly of that car. So that's why they also couldn't get it out for the second race. I mean, after flipping and after all that other damage happened, uh, there was just too much stuff going on. So tough weekend for both those guys. And then Buddy Kofoid, he had to come out of the B main. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buddy, you know, he hasn't really been to Williams Grove a ton, so I wasn't too surprised to see him uh in the in the b for that second or for the national open he did transfer straight through for the other race but um yeah not he hasn't been to that place very much that was only a second world of outlaws race there so uh but he did look you know he looked decent at least made the show um 
And uh, a lot of people, I'm just glad people are stopping asking what happened to him, right? I mean, everybody thought he got fired. Everybody thought he was having a kid, uh, that he quit racing, like, because he missed one weekend with the Outlaws. Everybody was losing their minds. So it was great to see everybody finally, uh, you know, realize that Buddy Coco is still racing. He just took a weekend off. I thought he was going to take the weekend off and uh, stay at the BC 39. He ran one night there and then uh, headed back to Pennsylvania after that. Right. Yeah, I think he's supposed to come back this weekend at Port, I think. And then after that, they're heading back to California for the Trophy Cup. So he's got one more weekend on the Outlaw deal and then and then heading back home. All right, Chase. Man, we can't thank you enough for joining us each and every week right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Ha- have you ever drove a Lightning Sprint, Chase? <laughs> No, I have not. I've only driven uh, two race cars ever, an outlaw cart and a pavement late model. That's about it. So um, I did think it would be a pretty funny segment someday if we found, like, you know, every time there was, like, a street stock or a modified support class of the outlaws, if I could somehow find a ride for it. Yeah. uh, So in-race reporter or something. I think that would be a pretty funny segment. So did, did Did you say you drove a pavement car? I did. I drove a pavement. Uh, it was like a limited late model. Uh, I drove one of those. Uh, I don't know. It had to be, had to be about ten. Point. My name. If you look me up on the third turn, it's on there. All I right. am actually on the third turn. dot com. Uh, just so you know, I was a pavement racer my whole life. I did hear about that. Yeah, what Arca, right, or something like that, or I, I owned an Arca team for four years, and I raced locally on pavement at Lakeside when it was pavement, when Lakeside was pavement, and I seventy was pavement. I raced at those two racetracks. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely respect the pavement. That's where my, you know, that's how I got into racing with my dad on the pavement. But man, I'll tell you what, I was tired of waking up at eight a.m. for practice all the time and and being there all day. So hey, that's why I switched over to dirt. As you know. We burn up more tires practicing than anything else in in pavement racing. Yeah, why is that? Pavement racers, they want to go they, out and they, practice they, all they day. They just want to practice all yeah. day long. I've never understood that. I never understood uh, it Hey, yeah. quick quick thought about Port Royal this weekend. I, I love Port Royal Speedway. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, you know, Thursday they got the rescheduled Tuscarora 50, so we're going to go to that. Um, hang out, watch the race. Uh, probably the only time I'll ever be able to get to watch that race, so we're going to take full advantage of that. And I think it's going to set us up for a really good field for the rest of the weekend. I mean, uh, if somebody's running the Tuscarora on, on Thursday and doesn't show up for the Outlaws Friday and Saturday, then they must uh, be a little bit scared of the greatest show on dirt. I'm not sure. But um, hopefully uh, 50-something cars show up and, and put on a good show. It's a little bit different, though. It's, the, it's not the Port Royal that we see throughout the summer. You know, usually it's cold. It's, uh, you know, kind of, you know, over, overcast. It's not going to be that, at least when I've been there the last couple of years, it's been kind of more on the fast side of Port Royal, not that big and slick and, you know, slow. It's going to be really fast. So uh, either way, I love going there. They got the best concessions. They got those frozen bananas down there. Got to have like three or four of those every night. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to be there. Yep, no doubt. Chase, thanks so much for joining us. We can't thank you enough for doing so. All right, guys. Talk to you next Monday. Thanks. Uh, thanks, all right. Chase. There you have it, Chase Rodman joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. Man, we'll see Chase out here in a couple of weeks out here at Lakeside. So, coming up. So, how many weeks is that? Not this weekend, but the weekend after. See if you can get him to come in the studio. Maybe we could. Maybe we can get him to come in the studio. If he hangs around till Monday. 
probably want to get out of town. He'll probably want to get down the road, <laughs> as I know. Yeah, but Saturday morning. I, I, I've always wanted to get down the road. He'll be up promoting Saturday morning. You know, he'll be down at 81 Speedway on that Friday night. A, 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 after, after you get done doing a broadcast, you want to get down the road as far away from that racetrack as you can. That's the way it is, isn't it? It is. And drive as far as you can. Drive as far as I can and get to the next track if you can. Is that because your juices are still flowing from the races? You're, right. It's hard to just lay down and go to sleep right it after is. the races. So you're you're wide awake. Your your adrenaline is still flowing. You just want to burn off that energy, right? Exactly. That's exactly what it is, Kurt. So, all right. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned for more. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. Todd's Prize leading the show, taking care of all the dials back there. Does a great job for us each and every week. Todd is as good as they get when it comes to doing what he does back there. Yeah, we appreciate everything you do there, Todd. I, I learned on the job from you guys in particular, and I ob. I learned by osmo uh, what do they call it osmosis osmosis yeah so like I I learned a lot of schoolwork that way just being in the room and absorbing whatever, whatever goes happens. on I just I watch everything so that's how I became a hey it, it, it's quite a bit different than when you first started with us well yeah because I, we were on a tricaster back then weren't we and it was you ran the you ran the audio. I, I ran the audio the and, and and I ran the cameras yep. as well. I mean, I had a you could override all the camera work, right? And you also ran the telephones too. So it was not like it was just it was less hands on. And those were the early days. Yeah, I mean, and I was only here for I showed up ten minutes before the show started, and I walked right out the door without even just washing my hands of it. You know, so it's a little bit different than what we're I, doing I, now. I, I don't <laughs> I don't think people realize how much todd does around here he does all the graphics makes all those graphics that you see on the page he does an excellent job at doing all that kind of stuff and i appreciate that i can't thank you enough for well, being with us for 12 years but if we're on episode today episode number 282 in the books 282 and like you said go to anywhere you find all your podcasts you can get get this episode and all the other ones that we've done up until this point and like you guys said we got a new a new website guys 
that's going to be i saw a little sneak preview of it pretty damn cool um it's going to be great for your telephone for so if you're if you're a phone person going to work really really good with your phone and tomorrow is the day is We're tomorrow be launching wow. the new yeah. how cool is that marie said you're the man todd hey i appreciate that marie we we appreciate everything you do like i said i i enjoy all this stuff what we do over here we I, got we got great listeners out there in pa man we do we got great listeners all across the country and like you said on saturday morning if if, if you guys we we tend to share this broadcast but a lot of you know we take this broadcast right down after the show is over with so that you go to the podcast side but but when the new website comes out guys you'll be able to click and it'll be so much easier for you to click to eat if you want to know what you have you'll boom, be able boom, to boom. find everything it's all right there track talk and and mostly what are we going to debut so here here is the update on the new raceboys.com tomorrow is the day we're going to launch this we're going to launch it tomorrow how about a segue and, like that uh, huh? how about that so that's a setup todd <laughs> i can't wait it's a good looking site it is it's uh, so the, the the biggest thing that and you pointed this out todd is that it's more user friendly for uh, your phone device and tablets and so it's forth. going to be much easier to navigate yeah, yeah. on your phone uh, we, with the new website when we built these old websites it was mainly for a big computer so that you could be streaming and everything we had no idea that the whole world would be like we used on to go phones. yeah we used to go big right <laughs> now we're down to micro screening and we will continue with our premium content six dollars yeah, and fifty cents per month and all of the racing boys video library will be included with that and from, from, we'll be updating it from time. We, we're not doing video now, but uh, we'll update it with content as but we go. all of our past videos that we did yeah. with the Lucas Oil ASCS National Sprint Car Tour is right. going to be on. So you can access it. If you want to buy it, you can pay $6.50 a month right. to purchase that. For and, that whole library. And watch that whole library right. of and races. We've gotta add, we're adding some more content once we get... The new racingboys.com up and going will be adding some more content to that. Hold on. And and I want to be clear that we're not including the podcast that we do on Saturday and and on Monday. We're not free. Those are free. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you can still link a banner like on the current racingboys.com of the uh, mostly motorsports, and that will take you to the uh, podcast. Uh, and all of those from the Monday show. We podcast the Monday show, not the Saturday show. But the Monday show will be up there. But we'll also have the uh, video archives Absolutely. of those uh, well, track talk We're looking at some there. of the old archives right now on our site. So all this stuff, which you're all seeing. All of that stuff and, right there. And you can go back to our old Chili Bowl stuff that we had, our old shootout stuff, all the interviews. You know, you guys, I used to do hundreds of interviews on Saturday morning. and for, I mean, through the whole week. Of the chili bowl and the shootout some and of that all, is not up there yet no but no we'll but we're transfer that's what i said we're transferring all yeah. that stuff over there so that you'll be able to watch any of that kind of stuff i mean there's we have tons of of old archives and heck you can go back two years already still on our archives now and we and could watch. go back 13 years yes sir yeah but today uh, i mean uh, you uh, could kirk will the audios be up there as well the audio no, broadcast the, just the video just the video yeah. Video content. So we're not going to have any of the audio broadcast that we did in the early days. Well, I don't know if we still have those archives available. The audio archives. Hmm. Not all of those are still available. 
But yeah. uh, we do have all the video up there, and we're going to be adding uh, some content. We're not doing that till after we get the, the new site launched. So that's all coming up here in the next 24 hours. Kirk, um, this weekend up at U.S. 36, they had a two-day MWRA show up there. We didn't, neither one of us went up I there. I didn't make it up there on Saturday night. Well, the problem is, is that they've got seven classes up there, and we heard that they didn't get out of the racetrack until 1.30 the night before, right? And, well, and, and, and to be honest with you, Kirk and I didn't want to wait and watch those races till 1.30 in the morning. Well, Friday night. The, Just be honest, Kirk. Be honest. Friday night, the A main for the non-wing sprint cars didn't happen till one thirty in the morning. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know how things went on Saturday night up there. I watched my Cyclones play Oklahoma on Saturday night, which they lost, but Oklahoma won. But uh, what I, was the uh, score? Fifty to twenty. You got spanked. It was twenty-one to twenty there for a while, but uh, Oklahoma is much better team. They they rocked and rolled. Hey Todd, Todd, how about our Chiefs last night? That um, that Man. that was as they close won. as they they did win. They scored three points in a whole half. We went to break at twenty points, and we were managed to put three points up in two full quarters. Yeah. that's pathetic. What was it twenty three to twenty? Yeah, we scored. It was twenty to twenty. I mean, for, we Chiefs were up, have a great defense. Yeah, but. We're supposed to be the Super Bowl champions with all this explosive power, and Andy Reid has this great offensive mind. If you can't scrummage up more than three points. Uh, but they uh, found a way to win. Hey, listen, I'm not giving up on them yet. I'm no. not either, but I'm not also bowing down and thinking that these guys are – Who they play now? Who are they playing this week? Um, Sorry, it's it, – it's, it's, You were I'm so focused in on this one, we, we yeah, haven't I think, ahead. Is it Tennessee or is it – uh, uh, here, let me look. You'll find out. Uh, my 49ers also won yesterday. Kirk, I, I don't like it that you're Vikings. a 49ers fan. Well, I'm a 49ers fan because of the quarterback, Brock Purdy. We play the, Vikings. we play the Vikings next week. That's who we yeah. play at 3.30. And then the Broncos again on Thursday night football. So we have a lot. We what do you make a, a Miami losing to Buffalo? Yeah, I actually predicted that. I thought that with Buffalo, Miami doing what they did the week before, they almost sealed their fate with Buffalo coming in to give them a smacking. And then what's going on with the Bengals right now? That they, Joe they, Bur- they're Joe, not good. Joe Burrow's hurt more than anybody thinks. Oh, yeah, for sure. They've got a terrible offensive line, and it's not going to And he get, can't run. And Yeah, and he can't get out of the way because he's got a hurt leg and – they just paid him the most money ever. Well, so why don't so, they just put him on the IL? He's the most. The, he's what the, is it? The IL he, and yeah. heal him up. He's the ex- most expensive quarterback yeah. on the market right now. So if now. he's hurt, why don't they, why don't they just put him? I think they, they thought. Him? I think they thought they could squeeze through these games with him just being how he Limping is, limping around like Patrick. Because everybody can play like Patrick, right? No. No, not It doesn't everybody. work like no, that, not, man. Not and everything doesn't just happen for a reason. So I thought for sure that Burroughs, I think he's a lot more hurt than what they're realizing. And they have such a bad offensive line that, and it's not going to get any better. They have no more money. Like 
they had that was their window. This is the window. Because they gave Burrow all the money. They right? gave him all the money. To, this year is their window. Next year they have a little window, but after that they have no more cap room. Where are you going to sign guys? They're they're going to be losing just like the Chiefs did, just losing free agents because you can't sign. It, it doesn't work that way, right, guys? It, I right. Mean, the NFL is completely different than any other league. Are we going to beat Minnesota and the Broncos? Well, yes and yes. Minnesota is not a very good team. They're starting to find out. They've got the best wide receiver in the league with Jeffers, and I think and that dude's going to score two touchdowns every week. But we'll be all right against them. The Denver game, let me tell you something. You watch what happens. That Denver game is going to be a lot closer than. It's going to be tough. It is. It's going to be just like the game we did last night. We're going to play down you to know, these guys. You know what's so funny, Todd? We're going to play Denver on week six, and then we're going to play them on week eight. Yeah, and then we're done with them. And I don't think we had the Raiders until the end, right? I think we had the Raiders the last, last one of the second to last or third to last game. I can't remember because we haven't even played the Raiders yet. So, You know what the I The Buffalo out? Bills is the last game yeah, we played. And, of course, it is. You know why? The, the the schedulers knew damn well that at the end of the year that Buffalo was was probably going to be that you know the ones pushing Kansas City for the for the and that that game's going to think about how much that game's going to weigh into what happens in the playoffs. They they made that game the last game of the season. Come on, you know what you we found out with the NFL there is no there are no gimmies. No, no. All these teams have got great talent great players and on any given day i don't care how good you are you can lose a game well i I mean this it's kind of like well i'll go back to the racing side of things the world of outlaws you can throw a blanket over 10 guys and they're they can win at any at any of these tracks right i mean that that's how i kind of look at it like like we're everybody's good everybody but not everybody's great right so there's just one of the, and that's how we're kind of looking at the NFL. The NFL's uh, designed this way. Uh, I mean, uh, hold on. So Tammy wants to know: Are the Racing Boys Swifty fans? No, n- no. Uh, I mean, whatever you want to do, I'm tired that's of fine. All that. I'm all right. Here's here's Let's what. Let's move I, on. My my. Uh, come on, Kirk. We're we're talking about no 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 no. no he I'm, meant I'm with talking Taylor about. Swift. I'm I'm done with Taylor that's at the what football he was, not games. The, not now. the that's conversation. Yeah, I'm like Kirk. I'm I'm, I'm over that. the Taylor Swift. Um, shot the the number five camera shot. I mean, think about this. I saw a thing. So the first time Taylor Swift was on TV, the producers didn't even know that she was going to be in the game at the Chiefs Stadium, right? Until TMZ let people know. So they had to get the producer that ran that that Sunday morning show. He he got another camera just so that it could be focused in on on Swift, on her on the box. I'm I'm tired of that. Already. They didn't show her as much last night as they did the first game. Now, that no, she well, went no to. but she was still prominently displayed and and also you had Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds and you know a lot of Hollywood elite there following her. But what I think is <clears throat> this is a conspiracy theorist in me. I've gotten less conspiracy minded as I've gotten Older, a little older. But my conspiracy is the Taylor Swift concert tour just finished. And Travis had reached out to her and tried to get the thing to her. And I think this was a big money type deal because last night. It's, after, it's a scam, really, isn't it? After that, last They're night. publicizing that movie that's coming well, out, Well, they right? did. They went right. They showed her in the press box, cheering and happy and jumping up and down. They went right to the Times Square shot, guys with her on the 50-foot shot of her in downtown Times Square. 
of her, her movie, and then they went right to their movie commercial. Right. And you can't tell me that that's not planned. It's got to be planned. It well, has the publicity they got off last week at Air Force. Oh, she my was gosh. That was enormous. Travis Kelsey sold 400% more jerseys than he ever had. 9,000 new uh, uh, followers on yes. Twitter. It's just, like I said, it's a money. And I honestly believe you, the powers of the bee, whoever the handlers are, all kind of got together and said, man, I see a very good opportunity to. And if something happens between the two, promotions-wise, yeah, yeah. But if something happens between the two, great, whatever. You know what I mean? That 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 that's that's a third part of the whole story. You think this is causing a distraction for the Chiefs? Maybe I, one of the reasons it, they didn't I do. So well I, last think, night. I do, and I think it's the younger players that it's causing the distraction for. Here's why: they they just assume this, like all these rookies, they just think that this is how it is, right? Think about if you're a rookie come on the Chiefs in the last four years. You've been to two Super Bowls, win every all the time, and now you got this kind of stuff going around. I mean, you know, you think this is the norm? You go to somewhere like Arizona where nobody's even showing up at the game and stuff, and, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's a little too handy. No, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I think it's self-promotion. It is. Yeah. And like I said, the NFL doesn't do anything like – without thinking things. Tammy yet. Tammy said the same thing. Too much of a distraction in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Well, like I I've said, getting back to the racing side of it, I I it's that's how I, I look 900, at it. Nine hundred thousand. Yeah, she had nine hundred thousand new followers on we're we're even oh. guilty of it because it distracted on what we were even talking about here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like, we we right. were talking about the Missouri Nationals up at US thirty six raceway and it turned into a taylor swift discussion well like you said that? we were going to talk about the it's, um, it, marie says it's like larson showing up at a dirt track kind of yeah. is it, it, it kind of uh, is it kind of is congratulations to wyatt burks who wraps up the usac mwra championship at us 36 raceway that's after wesley smith won on friday night Corey shooty won the feature on Saturday night at US 36 Raceway, the season is now over for the USAC MWRA, and Wyatt Burks is once again the champion. Also, uh, Jake Martins won the IMCA Race Saver Sprint Car feature at US 36. On Saturday night, his cameras got tight. Kirk squeezed a little bit. It is all finished up. Uh, did you watch Talladega yesterday? No, but I watched the highlights today. That was pretty thrilling. That that was uh, that's good stuff yesterday. I will admit, I'm not a big plate. They call I call it plate racing. It's super it's not plate racing, racing not anymore because they don't have restrictor plates anymore. But even the drivers I'm not still the call biggest plate. fan of that kind of racing. But yesterday, that was entertaining to watch. Boy, that that. Safer Barrier took a shot yesterday. Did you see that? So during that big wreck, that was they were talking about maybe that was the biggest test for the Safer Barriers ever. They had two cars hit in the exact same spot yesterday, and it caused a red flag. They had to go out there and, and repair some of that, that Safer Barrier wall before they could start the race back up again. But uh, not like the old days, obviously. Not, not the kind of damage we would get in the old days with the foam everywhere but they actually had to stop and had a red flag there for a little bit to, to fix the the wall when the two drivers hit at the exact same time a pretty violent crash that was a pretty pretty monster hit 
Yeah, I've seen so much racing here this weekend. I forgot uh, one of the drivers was uh, Keselowski, wasn't he? Didn't he get up? Yeah, it was a bad crash. He had a bad. It was the whole weekend was kind of strange because I kept thinking that you know we would they were going to see the big one and it, the big one didn't happen up front. It kind of happened always in the back. It happened on the last lap. Yeah, and in yeah. the back a little more. You know, it wasn't quite as but. Somebody was, got into Riley Herbst, who turned Kyle Larson sideways. He he was going to get a top five finish out of that, and he got uh, caught up in that. In that big wreck at the end? Yeah. yeah. But right. at the end, it was a battle between Kevin Harvick and Ryan Blaney, and I and thought Kevin, Harvick was going to be able to pull that off. And had he done so, we'd be talking about disqualifying yeah, the winner. how about that? Because they disqualified second-place Kevin Harvick for the uh, windshield wipers, the the windshield pins <laughs> coming loose in the car, that's which bu- I don't know if you get a performance advantage out of that. That's bullshit. I thought it was kind of from first when I heard the penalty. I thought it was a deal that he had the wrong kind that allowed him to not move around as much, like they were fixed to the window more. But then when I found out it was the opposite, I was like, well, how can that be a performance enhancing type update kevin harvick was disqualified from the race due to windshield fasteners not being secured he was moved from second to 38th place finish man that's a hit isn't it so nascar's happy he didn't win i guess everybody's happy well yeah win. now if they're gonna because would they have disqualified him had you. he won i don't that, th- i don't think they i don't know i'm not gonna say i don't think they would have but man you talk about controversy on a monday morning if they would have the winner and they bust you for windshield wiper fasteners oh that would be a pain <laughs> that would be i'd be so mad over that oh my gosh well you got to give ryan blaney a lot of credit driving for penske that's only his first top five finish let alone win since the coca-cola 600 in may that was his win that got him into the playoffs he hadn't had a top five finish since that time and he is really good on these uh, super speedway tracks like Daytona and Talladega. That's his third Talladega win and probably the widest margin. It was like uh, 0.21 or something like that. That was The other two wins were like 0.07 margin of victory. So uh, the uh, all three of the wins by Ryan Blaney have been uh, whisker at the finish. And Blaney able to pull it off yesterday at Talladega. He is really good out there uh, side drafting and uh, putting himself in a great position. I think he's also got a win at Daytona. He's not won the Daytona 500 yet, but he's got a win at Daytona. Now three wins at Talladega. Right. And moves into the round of eight. He's solidly in the round of eight. And even though he's won the Roble at Charlotte, he doesn't have to worry about that this weekend. He can move on ahead to Las Vegas here in a couple of weeks and and go for it in the round of eight. Those cars, I'm, Chris, oh, go ahead, Scott. Uh, uh, Chris Yance wants to know why people are getting away f- from NASCAR. And I don't understand it either as dirt, you know, there should be more dirt sprint car drivers following NASCAR because there's some prompt, we're not talking just like a guy, like a J.J. Yaley or somebody, a Stenhouse who dabbles in both. We're talking about Kyle freaking Larson and Christopher Bell, two guys that are top of their game in the sprint car and yet, are on the top of their game in, in NASCAR. I don't understand why there isn't more crossover, and I think it's more of an attitude 
then it's pavement racing it's those kind of guys just are like yeah i'm not a nascar guy and they've been making fun of nascar for so long it's hard to say i like nascar i mean you can't tell me there aren't a few NASCAR, I mean, a few dirt guys flipping on to watch what Larson's doing. You, you can't tell me that it isn't bringing some there's over. There's a ton of them so th- that watch even, what he does. So you can't tell me that there's more, it's got to be more popular. But I'm like you, I I think the season's too long is what's going on with NASCAR. And there's not the big name driver that, Larson's the biggest name driver and he's the least controversial guy on the whole track guys right, yeah well, i think what turned a lot of people away too is uh during the pandemic and some politics got in in the way there and that turned a lot of people well, yeah why too. are you talking politics on this show Kurt? well he's just saying that's what I'm kind of turned people it, off it got involved in it and i think that turned a lot of people off Never we don't that. talk a lot of those people didn't come back we don't talk about politics on this it. show or re- now, or but, religion but nascar did yeah they I just think that NASCAR season is so damn long, it gets stretched almost a full 10 months, it seems like. And I think they, if they shortened it up and made the demand shrink some of these tickets and these, you know, Kansas Speedway holds 80-some thousand fans. Right. That's a lot of tickets. Guys. Well, I think the product is good in NASCAR right now. It I know is. a lot of people have left and not come back, so they haven't really watched it a lot. But I'm here to tell you, the product's good. It's really good. Race is good. Uh, we're seeing good competition out there, a lot of different winners. I like a lot of the personalities that's going on. Todd, I've never had a better time at Kansas yeah. Speedway than I did this year on both weekends uh, of all the years that and we've covered it from the start. I've never enjoyed this year. Uh, I've never enjoyed any other year more than this year yep. on both weekends at Kansas Speedway. I'll you know, just say that. We were able to, you know, and like you said, we our show was this year was able to, we had our wrap-up show real quick. I mean, we had our pre-race show was wrapped up. Real, so we were able to do quite a bit this year out there. But you're right, Kirk, the racing yeah, was has been good. really good. and It's really good at Kansas. It's been, it's it been really good. And the, the it's you'll see three and four watt, you know, three wide, 10 deep all the way through Kansas at not just restarts. I'm talking, you know, way into these, these green flag runs. So I get it that you're not the, the casual fan. You're probably not pulling all them in, but I don't know why the, there's not more dirt guys, sprint car guys in particular that aren't crossing over. I've got a lot of friends out there that go to the, go to the dirt races and so forth. And they haven't watched NASCAR for a yeah. while that some of the drivers have retired. Some of the new ones have not captured their attention and they, they just got out of the habit of not only going, but even watching the races and next year. And hey, I say, let, let's you know, come on back. Let's, the, the racing's good. Let's be fair. Since Dale Earnhardt died. Yep. And Jay and Dale Jr. retired. Well, since there's been a lot of interest lost in NASCAR, I, I'll, give, so, I'll even expand yeah. it more. Don't than you that. believe that, Kurt? Well, you you're said you you didn't watch this race live yesterday, so you're an example. You yeah. you haven't been watching. No, I haven't. But I think when you I, lose, I, I'm a dirt so racer. You're, you're one of those people I'm talking about. I, I, I'm a dirt racer. But yeah. if you lose Carl Edwards, Clint Boyer, Dale Jr smoke you lose those kind of drivers right. all w- within a and 10- kevin harvey Ke- and kevin leaving. harvey's gonna be gone you lose all those drivers in yeah. a 10-year period and you tell me that we're gonna be just fine no 
No, no way. No, if you no. lose just one or two of those drivers, uh, I think you get through it. But absolutely. How many, you lost a lot of drivers. How many people enjoyed watching Carl Edwards drive? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we all did. Uh, they, a lot of people did. He he was my favorite driver. Well, he was a crossover, guys. He, well, you know, when he was doing the backflips and you had the subway thing and everything, he was a kind of a crossover that Junior kind of had, right, with he, with all the commercials and stuff. You and know, he made his millions and he got out. He did. And he wasn't right. stupid, right? His wife told him, let's let's roll. Well, that's uh, Hey, you know what? You, you've had one too many concussions. Yeah. Let's get out of this Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Well, NASCAR lost a lot of drivers. You pointed out Jeff Gordon, then Tony Stewart, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Jr. That's a lot. Yeah, right there. Clint Boyer and Carl Edwards. I mean, you're and Kurt Busch. I mean, you're losing right. guys left. A lot of them. Kurt Busch is the guy. Let me think about it. And that guy. This was probably going to be his swan song year anyway, right? He was probably going to race one more year, and, and and then he gets this terrible concussion, and had to cut everything short. I, I there think, are a lot of those fans that I'm talking about could care less about Kurt Busch. Yeah, I know, but like, but you think about the Kurt Busch kind of changed. I don't know. If more people well, got, he got his, he's he's uh, he turned into a, a much more likable. He did. Guy. Hey, he absolutely did. Years, Marie brings up a good point right here. Wait till all the big car owners pass away. Absolutely. Well, here's the here's the thing that I, I'm going to push back on that just a little bit because this charter system that's uh, brought more money to the they system have kind of now that has brought more younger owners into the system. You got like the, Justin Marks and. and, and uh, the colleagues, but uh, people. But it, Kurt, it, the, the it, problem is the problem with that is ownership. is that people don't know those owners. Yeah, but they when races they'll begin to know them. But you're right. The 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 long mainstay owners Jack like Roush, Joe Gibbs and Roger Rick Pinsky Hendrick, and Rick Hendrick, they're older. Richard Childress, right? All those guys are up there in right. age, and they could die at any moment. Yeah, they I could. Think, but I think NASCAR is going to get through all that. Because of the money of the charter system is brought in, I, I, it's going to bring in younger owners. It'll keep it going. I don't. I don't agree with you. I think the younger owners are going to get less attention. Well, I people like maybe. RCR. Yeah, I think those owners, Hendrick and Jack Roush. Those are those are the three mainstays in the sport. Yeah. Now. Brad Keselowski could carry that torch. Yeah, I think so. For well, Jack Jimmy Rush. Johnson's going to be carrying the torch yeah, for. I, mean, I, I think. For the, I think it'll happen. It's like the same argument when Steve Kinzer retired. How's the world of outlaws going to be able to survive without <laughs> Steve Kinzer? Well, guess what? They are. Well, they're dealing with their own shakeup they right but now. That, aren't they? Hey, Kirk, that's dirt racing. But it. it I it's think dirt the analogy racing. Is I think the analogy is there because. Uh, not one individual, one or two individuals is going to stop anything. Uh, if 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 the program is big enough to survive the loss of individuals, which I think NASCAR is definitely, the world of outlaws showed that they are bigger than Steve Kenzer, who I even questioned whether the world of outlaws would survive without Steve Kenzer. Well, they did. And well, they're doing just fine. The the what they have is. They've got Brad Sweet, Donnie Schatz, Carson Macedo. They've got a, a lot of name drivers over well, there. Well, they they weren't name drivers at one time. They are now, and the younger drivers will become even name drivers. 
But yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of question of what the future lies in that world too. With uh, the rumors out there that uh, the All Stars are might or might not be sold, and what happens with the High Limit series. So things always change, personalities always change, uh, stars come and go. But uh, you know, if you put a good product out on the field or a good product on the racetrack. Uh, It'll survive. Uh, I I think all these drivers, Brad Sweet, David Gravel, Carson Macedo, Gio uh, Selzy, Donnie Schatz, Logan Schuhart, Sheldon Hoddenshield, Spencer Baston, all of those guys are named drivers. But at one time, they were not named drivers. Well, they are now. They are now, yeah. And there'll be more named drivers come up after they're, after they're gone. Hey, I, 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 was, I know we're going to get Trenton on here just a little bit, but I want to talk about how entertained I was watching the NHRA yesterday out at uh, Worldwide hey, Technology that, Raceway that, out at uh, St. Louis. Had had a great weekend. That girl had a bad wreck on the motorcycle. The bad part about the whole weekend was Angie Smith, who uh, on her uh, Pro Stock motorcycle, uh, as she got past the finish line, doing over 200 mile an hour and something, I don't know if she had a tire blow or something that the bike turned sideways on her and off she went. And everybody is concerned about Angie Smith. Her husband is Matt Smith, the reigning six time world champion. And he announced yesterday that Angie is, uh, has got two broken feet and will probably have to have some skin grafts done. Mm. And, She's going to be okay. Thought maybe she'd be released from the hospital today, but everybody concerned about Angie Smith, who uh, had that terrible accident on Saturday, and uh, wish her well. That's for sure. Um, Pat says, says I, I say bring back the Copper World Classic. At Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Sure. I love that. I don't know why they don't have it now. Hey, I, I, I'm seriously thinking about going to Phoenix for the... For the championship weekend? Yep, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about it. Hey, just to wrap up, uh, Tony Stewart had a good weekend. It Think how good he'd had if Harvick had won and not, disqual- not disqualified. And then his funny car driver, Matt Hagen, won yesterday. And his wife, Leah, Leah finished Pr- in second in... If, made the finals of the top fuel and lost in the uh, final round yesterday at uh, Worldwide Technology. Pat says she is home. She is home now. Yeah. So congratulations to her. So the winners at uh, St. Louis yesterday in top fuel, Clay Milliken beat Leah Pruitt in the final. Matt Higgin beats Ron Caps in the final of Funny Car. Greg Anderson now makes it two in a row in pro stock as he beat Greg Stanfield in the final. And don't count out Greg Anderson to win his sixth championship this year. He's on a roll. And Gage Herrera, who's like a machine in pro stock motorcycle, beat his teammate Eddie Craywick in the final at St. Louis. They've got three more races left. They'll be at uh, the Texas Motorplex just outside of Dallas in a couple of weeks. You ever been there, Texas Motorplex? I've been down there. That's uh that's a that's one of the first super tracks that was ever in NASCAR. I was there in '92 when Cruz Pedregon beat John Force in the final and went on to win the championship that year. 
So they'll be there in a couple of weeks, and they got Las Vegas and Pomona right. to wrap up the season. All right, let's uh, bring on a regular guest here on Mostly Motorsports, all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Trenton Barry joins us now. Trenton, how you doing? Hey, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm getting getting really ready for a full week of racing that starts on Tuesday. So it's it's a little bit different this week. Are I'm you in Wheatland yet? Are you there now? Yeah, well, I mean, so I live close, but the rest the rest of the crew is coming. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start setting up at noon tomorrow. But uh, we've been planning and text messages and phone calls and all the all the good stuff. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big week to go go be live uh, five days in a row. So. I thought it started today. They've got today is the first day of it. Pre- well, so they so they practice, but we're, we're not streaming until tomorrow. Gotcha. So. Yep. So th- this is a pretty big weekend. The USRA Nationals down there at Wheatland. Um, oh yeah. Wh- where where does this rank in broadcast terms? Oh, I mean it. Uh, it'll probably be close to. Uh, Probably close to like what a USMTS show would do, I would say, for us. You know, yeah. that's kind of typically what it's what it's been in the past. It, Friday nights are always down a little bit, so I'd say I'd say Friday night will probably be down about about like everything, um, streaming wise. That's never really seemed to be a great night for us, but uh, weeknight stuff should be pretty good. Saturday probably pretty good too. So, how, how many nights? It all all just kind of depends. How many nights are you going to have live broadcast on, on race and Five. Five nights. Five nights. Five, wow. of them. Five of them. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And how many Tuesday, classes? Thursday, yeah, five nights. How many classes? How many cars? Yeah, all right. So they're going to run the modif- USRA Modifieds. These are all USRA divisions. So Modifieds, Stock Cars, B-Mods, Hobby Stocks, and Tuners. And as far as total cars, they were doing a pretty good job keeping the uh, my race pass up to date and as of right now they have 195 cars that are pre-entered so uh pre-entry is not a you know you don't have to um but they're in 195 pre-entered now for the week amongst the five classes so the the thing i was most intrigued about obviously you'll probably find this is no surprise with what we do but uh, the modified counts really strong uh, and as far as you're going to have a lot of USRA competitors, but, you know, Alex Williamson's coming to race. Um, looking down through here, Tyler Wolf's coming to race. Brandon Davis coming to race. Al Haina coming to race. Trevor Hughes, Terry Phillips, uh, Kylie Calf, uh, another one. Just some guys that, you know, typically run with the USMTS that, that are going to be there. So um, going to be a going to be a show. And I know, um, there'll be a few more that'll be there that, that are not yet on the, uh, on the list as well, but 195 cars. That's, that's, that's pretty good so that, far. That's pretty, pretty stout right there. Yeah. How, it's, yeah. Yeah. Th- this would be, uh, I, I know this is the case at Boone when they have that super nationals up there, keeping up with the racetrack. You got that many cars, that many classes, Oh yeah. always a challenge, uh, making sure that racetrack is in tip top shape. Yeah, and they they talked about bringing. I, I've told you guys a little bit about this new piece of equipment that they're using up north that doesn't require the PTO on these tractors, and it's got a lot less moving parts. And they had talked about trying to get one here to Wheatland for it. Um, they Wheatland they had a tractor down uh, for the Hockett race, so they were 
one tractor short of what they wanted to be ideally for that. I haven't heard. I assume it's probably back in operation by now. They sent it off to to a, a shop there local to to get it fixed. But uh, yeah, it's going to take a lot of equipment and a lot of man hour. It's pretty it's pretty taxing and. You know, guys, the dirt, the dirt of Wheatland's kind of old. I mean, it's the, the dirt's got a lot of laps on it, and it's been turned a lot. And you guys have seen over the years that that dirt kind of kind of wears out, you know, yeah. over time. So, I, I was talking to Danny after the Hockett race, and they got a plan here this winter. Um, they have plenty of plenty of clay that's that's left um, where they got this dirt from that's on it now. So, uh, they're planning a pretty extensive project to add dirt to the racetrack once once the off season hits and once they get through with their their racing for the year so uh they they know they know it's time to to do something they're going to be doing it once the off season gets here trenton were they going to add that dirt before this weekend uh no 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 and and i don't and i don't think they should either because that's there's a lot of racing that's got to happen here and and you know you guys know how that goes if I mean, it has to be just perfect, and it, it really needs a while to to cure and, and bond with the other dirt that's there. I've we've seen this happen before, and you've seen races turn out to be disastrous because of it. So no, there was no plan to add it before. A lot of rubber gets which, mixed in, which with was that. The, the yes, which was the right the right call to not not put it on before this. A lot of rubber gets mixed in with that racetrack too over the years. It is especially yes. that, yeah, and that's and, the and biggest it, thing. It happens it? everywhere. You know, Mississippi Thunder, so, you know, and I, I tell you, I just know a little bit more about it, obviously, with our, our situation there. But uh, Mississippi Thunder's down bad on dirt right now, too, and, and working up there to try to figure out, Bob, Bob, Tim, how to plan. They were going to add, add a whole lot of dirt to it as well, just kind of waiting for the season to to get over. So just a, it's a common thing. Every racetrack goes through it. So they're all just on different schedules of when they need it. How'd your big pumpkin race up there at Man, Mississippi Thunder go? Man, it was, it was wild. Jake, so, so, so Jake Tim got him a couple of wins, which I don't think shocked anybody. But one of the wildest things Brandon Davis talked about after the first night, how Jake Tim went around him and Rodney Sanders, and then he moved right up to the wall. And, and Davis acted like he almost had to be a maniac to run the wall because uh, he, he tried to tried to run it like Jake Tim did. So, uh, you know, Jake's turned a, a million laps around that place up there. But it was great. The crowd was good. Car counts were strong. Um, was a, a perfect fall race, and that that thing had its share of challenges, just weather-wise. When you get that far north, cool temperatures, rain, you know, all sorts of things that can inhibit a race from being able to happen. But but got both races in, and uh, man, by all counts, looked looked like it was a it was a bang up deal. It was 150 some cars there Friday. Uh, had had a good turnout Saturday too. So um, very very excited. Glad we took that endeavor um, over this past year, have learned a lot, uh, are partnered with great people, uh, Bob, Bob Tim and, and Tyrone and Don Warner, man, those guys, those guys make that place go. And I'm just, I'm just a it's a privilege to, to be involved with them. Um, I don't think we would have never been in a situation where we could have handled all the operations side of, of a racetrack, but it was, it's sure been fun to come in as a partner and kind of, know what we do well and know what they do well and, and mesh all that together. Hey, a couple of big uh, inside uh, baseball stories. Tri-State Speedway sold 
And yep. you'll have a new promoter at Arklatech Speedway next year, apparently. Yep. Yep. So I don't know on the, the Arklatech deal. I mean, I that had not been a very well-kept secret that something was going to be happening there. So uh, that one didn't surprise me. Uh, Tri-State knew that Hoover was in the middle of a, a huge capital improvement project, and he's got it started. This Jake Davis uh, is going to come in and, and finish that. Michael Hoover is going to keep working on the racetrack and keep working with the, uh, the, the sanctions and the series and, and helping out on the scheduling part of of Tri-State Speedway, too. Uh, and Hoover, actually, he called me right, right before it was all done, and uh, we had a chance to talk a little bit. Man, I just I got a ton of respect for him. That Tri-State's a is a really revered racetrack, and it, um, it it was really it was really stable and was really consistent with with Michael Hoover running up here for the, the past several years. So he wanted to make sure that didn't go away. Jake Davis has purchased it, wanted to make sure that that, that didn't go away as well. So going to be neat to to see what what Jake and Kelsey do. Now, Jake's wife, Kelsey McMurtry, whose family bought the Show Me Racing Series all those years ago, probably, oh, probably 14, 15 years ago. They're from Bartlesville, Oklahoma. So it's cool. I I, I really I knew Kelsey really well when she was a kid. and just, You didn't really lose touch, but just kind of life takes you different directions. So uh, she's married Jake, and, and they got a, a beautiful family. So neat to see what what kind of mark they're going to be able to put on that place and that's real close to where jake grew up and he's raced there his whole life so um excited to excited to see the next chapter for tri-state speedway and excited to see what arclitex what direction arclitex decides to go uh that donnie powers that that purchased arclitex from uh, a gentleman by the name of gene voider uh sure sure a great guy and uh, got a lot of good ideas very successful businessman so uh, be interested to see what direction they go on that one. I haven't haven't heard any names being floated around, but I guarantee you they're uh, they're putting the plans in place to figure out who's going to help promote that deal with them. We need to clarify that there's two tri-state speedways. The the one we're talking about is in Oklahoma, not the one in Indiana. For everybody tuning in, yeah, yep, yeah. So, what did you think of our Chiefs last night? Oh, they sucked. <laughs> They, Tell us how you really game. feel, Trent. Really, they sucked. They sucked, and so do our wide receivers. See, I knew. Todd's on the same boat as you. He said the wide receivers are, are terrible. They are, and that's why we can't score. And I knew, I knew that was all just team issued and team rhetoric and team supported propaganda. All this crap they talked about in August about how we had all these receivers. Well, we don't know. Are we going to keep eight receivers? Well, I don't know, Tom. What do you think? I don't know, Bob. What do you think? (laughs) Here's the deal. If you have a whole room of C-level wide receivers, you don't have any receivers. And the Chiefs have an entire position group of average individuals. And that's why we're not Kirk's covering up his mouth so you don't see him laugh. No, I just said uh, I heard Todd saying it's the, the same thing here earlier. Me and me, me and me and Trenton are on the same page. I I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, we we knew they this. Suck. We, we have we have we have five or six receivers that suck. We ab- do absolutely. Just the five. so so Eric says. Eric says Chiefs are going to be fine 
They are working on new receivers. They have no legit number ones. Yeah, we and, don't. And they, no, I don't even think they have a number two. I, I agree with Tritton on that. We have a bunch of number threes, and and then we have to, um, Kelsey. We, Kelsey. That's how number threes and Kelsey. That's what we have. Well, Kelsey is a leading receiver, is he not? He is, but for sure. He is. He is your number one wide receiver. But don't tell me we have seven guys on our wide receiver core oh, that are because it isn't. I agree. I, just, I threw up in my mouth a little bit listening to that, and I thought, boy, you guys are going to look really stupid. Hey, let, out how you thought. Hey, let me just say this. I like to think that the Chiefs are going to get better as time goes on. I mean, sure. I hope. I hope you're right. I don't see how wide receivers are going to get better. They don't. They don't get better at route running and. Well, they drafted one of them as the number one uh, first-round choice, did they not? No. Was that, no, 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 was second, that second? What second. round was Early that? second. Early second. Early second. second. Rashi Rice. And, he, and he's not bad. He doesn't have enough games underneath his belt. So, in all fairness, we don't know if he's going to be any good or not yet. Um, I, think the, I think Justin Ross could be pretty good. I do, too. Um, uh, uh, Sky Moore sucks. MBS yep. sucks. Yep. All the Watson sucks. Yep. Uh, Kadarius Tony should be good. I don't know. He's yeah, he's been very up and down. I think um, his injury is worse than what he let. Hey, him. I I yeah. think I think the tight end Gray is pretty good too. Yeah, he he's caught a pass bad. last night for touchdown. Did he? Right. Not? Yeah. 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 He's not Pacheco's elite, which we knew that. Yeah. Hey, but, uh, man. Uh, let me just, let me just say this about Pacheco. I'm not a believer in Pacheco, because listen. There's a lot of open holes there, and he doesn't take advantage of it. He just runs right into the pack. We did took advantage well, of one last night. Well, you listen, probably, he had a you good. Probably had a better take. He had a good. He had a good game last night. But how many times have you seen him have a good game? Oh, I mean, great last year. I, I, I don't think he was all that good last year, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't think he's an elite runner, to be honest with you. I don't well, think he surprised a lot of people last year. I, I, I don't yeah. think that he is a, a an elite runner. I'm almost going to say that I believe that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is better than Pacheco. Oh, I don't know about that. Not a, ch- not a chance in the I world. I don't think so. You're smoking. You're smoking something. No, I'm. I'm telling you, man. I, I, I'm <laughs> no just. I, I, I'm just telling no you. I think that. To be honest with you, McKinnon is better than Pacheco. Uh, why are they're you so down on Pacheco? He's they're done. A, he's done a great job. No, so McKinnon's he, a great blocker. He's a great pass catcher, but pa- Pacheco is aggressive. I, and he's, I, I, he's a slasher and a bruiser. I, I, and I, I Edwards Hilaire. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying any of it. I'm not buying any of it. I'm going to tell you before the end of the year, he will not. He will not run for a thousand yards. Who Pacheco? Pacheco. He will not why, run for a thousand yards. Why does yards. he have to run for a thousand yards? Because why? that is the that is the standard for running backs. A thousand yards. Well, I, not really anymore. It don't seem like, but it, it was. Hey, so I'll tell you this, Clyde Edwards. Uh, Hilarious. His his best attributes like when the Chiefs need three yards, and he'll he'll run up he'll run up and hit one of his tackles and get a yard and a half. I mean that's that's the best <laughs> thing he does for the team and fall down. 
Well, oh, well. Pacheco's not much better. Fourth and two. Pacheco is Fourth not much better. Why are you so uh, down on him? Because I don't believe in him. I don't believe in that sure. guy, man. I just don't believe in him. I think I think we have plenty. Did you watch the game last night? On that, I watched the game last night. He had a good game last night because he was in his hometown playing against. He was he lived two hours away from where he where that stadium was last night. We're gonna find we're gonna find some stats here. That was a great run he had last night. He had a good game last night, but that that is so non typical of Pacheco. I don't know. We'll see. I think Hold you're on. too hard on the guy. That's what I think. Hold on just a second here. We're gonna we're gonna go find us a game log here. Now that Tony, we, uh, you got you got every reason to bag on him because the the first game he dropped all those catches. Hey, he had 12 carries for 70 yards against Jacksonville. He had 15 carries for 62 against the Bears, and he had 20 carries for 115 last night. He averaged 5.8, 4.1, and 5.8 per carry and had touchdowns in each of the last two games. I'll uh, take that. He, he pretty good. Yeah, we'll take he that. He pretty good. So and let's and go, nobody, let's nothing go was expected of him when they first got him. They didn't expect what he's been able to do. Yeah, he was, I, 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 I don't think he's doing that much now, to be honest with I don't you. Know, what is it about <laughs> this? What did he do to you? So, hey, so listen to this. 17 games last year as a seventh-round rookie that made the roster. He had 170 carries for 830 yards, an average of 4.9 yards, so five yards a carry, five touchdowns. He did have three fumbles, but that's that's it out of 100. So, how many yards did he, how many yards did he rush for last year? Tell me. 830, 830, 830. He will yeah. not hit a thousand this year. Games. So he's already got 270 this year. When an Andy Reid offense, uh, if you're less than 1,000, I, I, I think you got to know who – in an Andy Reid hey. offense, if you run for less than 1,000, I don't think you should read too much hey. into that. I know, I know a deal. I know a deal when I see one, Scott, and this is hitting me right between the eyes. <laughs> you, know about, you know about chocolate chips, right? Right. I've, if I've got 100 chocolate chips and you have 100 chocolate chips – and I bet my 100 chocolate chips against your 100 chocolate chips by the end of the year, then one of us will have 200 chocolate chips. Are you, you, are you catching what I'm throwing down here? Hey, I'll take that bet. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're going to have us a chocolate chip cookie class here at the end of the, uh, end of the football season. No chance he gets to 1,000 yards. Oh, yeah. I think get he there. does. No problem. Yeah, I think he does. No problem. Uh-uh. I don't see it. No There's problem. gonna be a lot of Unless running. He gets hurt. Hey, plus, hey, hey, your part, your partner, football too. Your partner just said Clyde looks like he's running in mud. Pacheco runs with purpose. Pacheco's so much better than Clyde. He was, does. Yeah. He, he's he's way, but he's way better than Clyde. I'm serious. Yeah. He's way better. Austin just chimed in. Well, good. Glad to see. Stick. You're trying to compare him to Priest Holmes and. You Listen, know, if we yeah, had Jamal Charles, Charles Priest Holmes. If we had one of those running backs in today's world, who cares? Who but cares? the world we is could, different still, now. That everything's we could, we different could, than it was go, ten years ago. We could still go lose in the first or second round if your running back's your most elite player. I don't right. want to hear about any of that crap. 
because all that stuff sucked because we didn't have a quarterback. Now we got a quarterback. That's so it's it. all different. You got it. It's all different. They they need to get a better running back. That's all I'm going to say. Got, he's a good. They got a good run. Hey, we don't need a better running. Need back. better wide receivers. Need better wide receivers. Going to want a lot of money. We don't have a lot of money to pay a running. We don't, and we don't need to spend a lot of money on a running back. No. They're just kind of, they're just kind of there. And he's actually a good one. As uh, Ezekiel Elliott was would have been a good. A they couldn't afford him. No, they couldn't. Yeah, they could have. They could have afforded him because they, they didn't give him much. I don't think Ezekiel. We don't need. We don't need him. <laughs> he's a Jason drama queen. We don't need that. You don't need that. Crap. Todd, your mic's not. He's up. somebody that just. I don't think he. I don't. Somebody that'll. Yeah, no, Ezekiel. It's a drama. He, he's yeah. He's no better than Pacheco, to be honest with you, at his point in his career. And yeah, yeah. He didn't do anything in we that just game. Need running back to shut up and do their job. That's right. <laughs> running backs, uh, they can be replaced every three years, just like the toilet paper at the <laughs> at the county fair. You know Ma- what I'm saying? It's, hey, Austin said Mahomes has more rushing yards than Zeke. You know the bottom line of all this. <laughs> As long as you have Andy Reid as the head coach and Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, they're going to win a lot of football games. Yep, no doubt. That's the bottom yeah. line. Now, I need, them, I need them to look a little better. Like, last night was trash. I, I will say, the, the, and, and maybe not the best time to use them as an example, but the, the defense looks like it's by and large, and I get they have their moments, but by and large it looks a lot better than it has in previous years. Yeah. So that so Absolutely. that part's been that, that part's been pretty fun. So so Trenton, all you have on this week is the USRA Nationals down there at uh Wheatland, Missouri. Isn't that enough? Is that enough? Man, that's <laughs> that's a lot. I think we have I think we got we got something at eighty one speedway this week as well. Um taking a look here. They uh yeah, but I think we got an enduro and a super stock race there, I believe. Let me take a look. We got the OCRS um uh, Saturday night or Friday night. Saturday night, yeah, and eighty one speedway Saturday night as well. So a couple other races in addition to the USRI Nationals this week and then we go right into the uh USMTS weekend, big one at Arrowhead Speedway coming up. I like my racetracks named like my stadiums, by the way, full disclosure. Yeah. Uh, the 12th, 13th, and 14th, uh, and that that finale is going to pay 20 grand to win each of those three nights there uh, in Siloam Springs. So that's going to be fun. That's a new event, new new place, and um, that that place is rock and roll. And you guys, next week would be a good week. I'm I'm not going to try to produce your mostly motorsports for you, but you guys ought to call Bryce Hall and put him on, let him talk about his racetrack. They've done a hell of a job down there this year. Yeah, we've got and prices this is number, one of their biggest races. Yeah, this is going to be one of their biggest races of the entire year coming up, and uh, biggest payout they've had for sure. So, yeah, uh, going to be pretty pretty sweet. That's an awesome place. So, yeah, got a got a couple big weekends here back to back. Then we got the Spooker at Tri State uh, coming up here in three weeks, which that thing's been around forever. Forty, I think it's the forty fourth year of that race, which is outstanding. And then the USMTS Championship weekend. On Halloween weekend in October, uh, we're going to be at be at Lakeside on Friday night for the Grant Youngins Memorial, and then the Spooktacular at 81, and uh, crown us a champion. So that's hey, kind of what we've got left on the docket. I, w- I want to throw this out here because our good buddy Johnny Allen sent us a note the other day about this Saturday night down at 81 Speedway. It's the yep. eight Super Stock Challenge Race. Uh, this yeah, thing pays two thousand. 
is there two thousand to win, two hundred to yeah, start. Two thousand. And so uh, that that's going to be a big race for the Super Stalkers this Saturday night at eighty one Speedway. And they're going to run a hundred and fifty lap enduro after the after the Super Stock race is over. Holy so cow! We're, night. Uh, that's a big. We're going to we're going to have fun. So they they run this enduro every year in the fall, and uh, they get they get a good turnout for it. So yeah, that'll be fun too. Well, Trent, they're doing they're doing a great they do a great job there with Wichita man. They've they've really taken the uh, taken taken control of the horse there and got her pointed in the right direction. They 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 do fantastic. Well, we hope that a lot of our listeners tune into your broadcast this weekend of the USA USRA Nationals down there at Wheatland, Missouri at Lucas Oil Speedway. That's going to be a great race and a lot of action going on down there as well. Yeah, there is. There's there's race of champions nights um, and events as well. Uh, stuff to do during the day. It's it's just basically a three ring circus. Is basically what this is going to be. So I, it's outstanding. We I need a few circuses a year. You know. Give right. us the lineup of everybody that's going to be on the air. The announcers and pits and all well, of that. Yeah. So we we've, we've still been talking a little bit here. So I'm not exactly sure on the booth. Eric Chesterman's going to be there. Shane Freeby, the voice of Lucas Oil Speedway, is going to be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He had a he had a trip for his day job that was going to preempt him from the early part of the week. He's not even in the area right now, but but he'll be back. So uh, those couple are going to be there, and I assume we're going to get some combination of Brian Denicus and Ryan Bergeson uh, that that helped Todd out. I, I don't know just a hundred percent. They were kind of coming down to the wire on who was going to be available. So Berg's a Berg's a high. A, uh, school district superintendent so it's a little harder for him to get multiple days off this time of year um and denicus will probably be there too they, they both work at webster city and mason city and are kind of part of the part of the usra usmts family so uh, we're going to have ourselves some kind of combination of, of that going on for the broadcast this week and if it's anything like any of these other years if we get get some of these guys qualified in um we uh we might have a guest guest race analyst or two for for part of a night or or uh, for an entire night. We just got to kind of see who gets qualified in, but we put some of those feelers out once we get to the racetrack too. So it's a fun opportunity to bring some new voices on. And it's really neat too because so much more than, you know, than when we first got started, but the this kind of broadcast just gets embraced so much by the drivers. So I like I like to bring the ones on, especially the ones that, that can talk and want to talk and, um, want to kind of give their perspective. I think it's this is a perfect event and a perfect format to be able to put multiple people on for that. So um, we'll figure that out and see who gets qualified in and has has time to do it as as the week rolls on. And we do probably, gosh, this is the most pre-race pit interviews we do. Um, I'll probably knock out between myself and Tyler Rinkin, and we'll see what what Chesterman's got going on too. But you know, we'll probably knock out an excessive. 50, 60 pre-race interviews um, over the course of this week. As Pat well. Graham going to be around. A lot of content. Yeah. Well, so so Pat's racing. Oh, okay. So we're not, not going to get mu- we're not going to get much of Pat this weekend, unfortunately. I I, I wish we would. I, I'd take Pat Graham any chance we get him. But yeah, he's uh, this is one he's he's real good. And this one we got circled on on our list for or Pat had circled on his list every year that that he runs this race. So he's pretty sporty in his stock car. He's he's been running pretty good. He. He went for the Labor Day weekend when the MLRA was there because they ran two nights of stock cars. He got a chance to race there twice. So uh, he's looking forward to competing and seeing where he stacks up this weekend. 
Yep. Well, Trenton, we so. can't thank you enough for being on the show each and every week, man. Uh, it, it it's it's so good to talk USMTS with you guys, and I hope you have a big weekend this weekend. I hope you saw a lot of subscriptions. And, yeah. And uh, just I appreciate I, it. Have a good weekend, my friend. Thank you. This national is a good show. It's not, you know, it's not quote unquote a USMTS race, but it's it's not real far from it, considering all the the great drivers we get there, plus all the, the local USRA divisions. So this this thing's a lot of fun, and and uh, we're just fortunate to be covering it again, and and uh, glad to glad to be in the saddle when the uh, when the lights turn green. So I'm headed down to the short track nationals. Well, that'll be fun. So I'm really excited to see how that event plays out uh the added purse money the venue change uh i'll be interested to kind of hear your rundown of what, what you think about that deal that's uh that's sure a great deal for ascs so i hope it's a successful event uh for the the promoters and and the fans and the racers and hope everybody has a lot of good positive things to say about it coming out of that next week all right trenton thanks so much bud we appreciate you have a good week trenton Sure. See you guys. All right. There you have it. Trenton Berry joining us here from uh, RacingDirt.com. So you're about ready to head down to Texarkana. What, a couple of days? I'm going to head there? I'm going to head down there on Wednesday. I'm going to ease. You're all loaded up, ready to go. I, I'm Not really. i got to get some clothes in my motorhome. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just looked the golf carts loaded up, and you got the – it hitched on to the new Racing Boys RV, and – other than that, RV, the new RV, that not you don't. What is the proper term? The it's, camper? It, it's an RV. It's an RV. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you just gotta load up with clothes and you'll be ready to go. I'm gonna be doing some of that today, actually. So you'll be reporting in Saturday morning on Track Talk from the site. We'll probably see from some a good racing down fr- here. Probably from my RV. Blake Hahn has entered, who won again this weekend. Where was that? Rocket Raceway Park? Blake won? That was it. Rocket Raceway Park. Had the Racing Boys suit working. Had all, all the uniforms on, man. That was yeah. a big win for us. That's the first the, the win in that uniform. fire suit. It's the new one. That's the new one. Yeah. Yeah. So, congratulations. Sam Haperteef Jr. is also an entrant. Sammy Swindell talked about him. He'll be there. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh... Uh, over what was it 53 on the pre-entry list for this weekend um i'm not they'll sure have more than that oh they'll have more than that no doubt but uh should be a good car count good weekend of racing down at texarkana 67 speedway all right thanks everybody for tuning in i want to thank todd surprise for doing such a great job each and every week for us here on track talk and mostly motorsports it's all been brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For, for Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports.
faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years.